It's, uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. You're like, but I can't see you. Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Sam. I'm, uh, I'm the youth pastor here, and, uh, and I'm ready, man. Are you guys excited? Here's what, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to open up our Bibles. We're going to look at um, a pretty cool, let's just call it a crucial conversation today uh, between Jesus and a group of people. But uh, before we do that, hey, if you're new at Citizens, can I just pause for a second and say welcome? Can we, everybody say welcome. You have arrived. Hey, th- seriously, thanks for being here. Uh, sometimes it's, it's awkward or scary. You go to a group of people, you're like, I don't know anybody, but we're glad that you're here, seriously. And so just to show you, hey, if you have not yet stopped by our candy lounge, go by there, say Sam sent me, and, uh, and they'll, they'll give you the, uh, the hookup, all right? They'll give you some candy or soda. But seriously, we're glad that you're here. Thanks for being here. Um, and, and we're going to have a good time today. And so go ahead and open up your Bibles. We're going to be in Luke chapter 15. If you don't have a Bible, open up your phone. We'll have it on the screen. But every week, you're going to want to bring this, okay? This is, uh, this is important, what we do here. Uh, and and you'll, you'll kind of feel lost if you can't follow along. So open up your Bibles. And let me ask you this question. Have you ever forgotten the point? Have you ever forgotten the point of something? Right? Like you're, you're going along and you're saying, man, I, I know that we do this, but uh, why are we doing this again? Have you guys ever been there? Like, you, like you, go to, you, you go to math class, right? And you're doing your geometric proofs and you're figuring out the area and the circumference. And there just is like, bing, light bulb goes off. And you look up from your paper and there's usually like epic music in the background. And you're like, why am I doing this again? Right? Have you guys ever been there? Be honest, right? No matter what your teacher tells you, you forget the point of math class, right? You're like, I'm never going to walk up to the grocery store and be like, what is the volume of this rectangular prism of a building, right? And those of you who do that, I mean, that's cool, I guess. But uh, <laughs> the rest of us, we may be left wondering, what's the point? I remember, I remember when I got too big for my bridges, and I remember I had an exchange with my mom, right? And I finally, like, I arrived, you know what I mean? Like, I'm smart now, and I realized, wait a minute, what's the point of making my bed? How many of you guys remember when you were enlightened, and you, like, hit that stage, and you're like, wait a minute, this is dumb. There's no point. And so I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I, I know you want me to make the bed every week, but like, I'm just going to get into it again tonight. And so don't worry about asking me if I made my bed. Like, what's the point anyway, right? And my mom was like, thank you so much. I never realized that. Ha- no, no, she didn't. She still, made, she still made me make my bed. But whether it's making your bed or math class, you guys know what I'm talking about. A point where you say, what's the point? Why are we doing this? What, what, what's going on here? Remind me. Why am I here? Have you guys ever come to that point when it comes to church? Be honest. You ever come to a point where you go, all right, all right, like, I'm here, I go every Wednesday, I go with my family on Sundays, but um, why, why do I do this again? What am I doing here? Like, I know, ah, Sam, I, I know it's important, but like, why exactly did Jesus come to earth again? I, I mean, yeah, it's important. We do this. This is big. But, but what's the point? Have you ever forgotten what the point is? Today, we're going to look at a story here, guys. And it's, it's actually a pretty cool exchange because these are the kind of stories that I read where I look at Jesus and I'm like, he was a G. Wow. Uh, capital G for God, obviously, is what I mean. But like, he was just so like, he was so blunt. And so he sees these people that forgot the point, right? He's in a group of people who forgot the point. And instead of doing what you and I normally do, where sometimes we can be like, oh, don't, 
Don't say anything that's uncomfortable. Just smile and nod. Jesus is like, say what? And he's going to remind this group of people what the point is today. And so let's check this out. If you've ever forgotten the point, if you've ever wondered, what are we doing here again? What is this whole Jesus thing about? Check this out. Look at, look at it with me. Luke chapter 15, new series today called Lost and Found. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Ugh. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. I'd love to get an invitation to that party, right? You're like, you get it like a ding, somebody rings your doorbell. Hey, we're having a party. Awesome. Is it like a birthday party? No, I found my sheep. And you're like, all right, let's party, right? I found my sheep that was lost. And you're like, awesome. Well, there would be Kool-Aid. Verse 7, just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. All right, let's do this. That's the whole verse. I want us to go back to the top, and let's work through it slowly and see what we can learn here, okay? Look at the first couple verses here, because you're going to like this. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him, Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. All right, so he, he, he says sinners here. We're introduced to this new group of people. He says sinners, tax collectors, and sinners. What's a sinner? These are people that they're coming in, and they go, you're a sinner. I'm not pointing to you. I love you. Hey, what's up, man? Right? These are people that come in, and they're like, dude, these are sinners. These are people that they don't have it together spiritually, right? These are people that their bad decisions, their sinful behaviors are known to other people. And so some of you in here, you're like, well, I sin, but like, I don't sin like her. I don't sin like him. These are people whose sins were obvious. And so they were branded by people in that community as sinners, right? Imagine a brand just right on your forehead, sinners. And so we see this group of people, they're coming in, and look at it, guys, there's two voices here. There's two voices that we see in these verses with two different messages, okay? And the very first voice is the voice of the Pharisees. Look what they say. This man receives sinners and eats with them. How many of you guys know there's a difference between what you say and how you say it? Right? There's a big difference between what you say and how you say it. For example, you're not convinced? I'll prove it. I want you, when your parents pick you up, I want you to tell your mom two words, and only two words. I want you to say the words, you're sick, okay? Whatever you want to do with that, you just go home and tell your mom, hey, you're sick, okay? There's a difference between what you say and how you say it. If I say, you're sick, put a little question mark on there, who am I now? I'm the concerned son. Mom, are you okay? You're not my mom. Dude, that was so weird. You're not my mother, right? If you put a question mark, you're sick? And your mom goes, oh, my daughter, she's so concerned about me. No, I'm not sick. I just, I'm crying from the onions, right? Or you can say, you're sick, right? And your parents may not understand that you are offering them the highest compliment known to a high schooler, you know? And she's like, 
thank you? But by your face, she's like, you're sick. Yeah, awesome. But then some of you guys will mess this up and you'll say, you're sick. <laughs> and you will no longer be in the car. You'll be ejected at 60 miles per hour down the 14 highway, right? You're sick. Because it's just everything that you set, your, your tone, your face, your body language, right here. It's all, this is the moneymaker, man. All right here, just, oh. There's a difference between what you say and how you say it. And so look at what the Pharisees say, guys. This man receives sinners and eats with them. This is not an astute observation. They're not sitting there taking notes going, hmm, at 11.15, this man receives sinners and eats with them, right? Is that what they're doing here? Is it just a simple observation? Is it a question? Hey, this man receives sinners and eats with them? Hmm, okay. No, no, guys, how do you imagine their faces when they say this? Make a face at me. What do you think? What's their face when they're saying this? L. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? This man. Like, I can't even get enough disgust on my face, right? There's disgust. Their eyes are just like, right? Whatever, whatever they're doing with their eyebrows, everything on their face is disgusted. This man, Jesus, receives sinners and eats with them. Yuck, right? There's disgust there. There's, they're, they're just, it's, they're reviled. But look at the second voice here. There's a second voice in the text, and it's the voice of Jesus. These people, they're used to being disgusted at, right? They're used to walking past someone and hearing like a But there's something different about Jesus' voice. There's something different about his face. He doesn't have the eyebrows anymore, right? There's something different here in his voice. And how do we know that? Look what it says. They were drawing near to hear him. And so here are these two different voices, right? The Pharisees, everything on their face, everything that they were saying, they were looking at you and saying, sinners shouldn't come to Jesus. Ugh, you, sinners shouldn't come to Jesus. But Jesus' voice, his face, everything was different. And so before we see what he was saying, before we listen to his voice, I just, I think it's worth asking yourself, which voice do you sound like more often? When you see people that are sinners, right? When you see people who don't have it together spiritually, and you know, and you know, you know, you know that because their sins are obvious and they're just, they're more out there than maybe your sins, which are more in your head and in private. What does your voice sound like when you meet those people? What does your face look like when you see people who are sinners drawing near to Jesus and his family? Does your voice sound more like the Pharisees going, Oh, sinners shouldn't come to Jesus. Get your act together first. Oh, you should clean up. Don't bother. You shouldn't be in this room right now. You can't come to citizens until you stop smoking and stop doing those things. That's the Pharisees. Or do you sound more like Jesus? Something on your face. There's something about when people talk to you that they feel comfortable drawing near. All right, let's continue. Let's continue. There's two voices here, the voice of the Pharisees and the voice of Jesus. And listen to what Jesus says here. This is huge, guys, because the Pharisees completely missed the point. They completely missed the point of why Jesus is here and what he's doing and his ministry. And so Jesus, dude, you're going to love this. He puts them in his place. He puts them in their place, all right? And he does it with a story. Jesus has this way of putting people in their place where they, like, they get to the end of the story, and he's like, yeah, 
did Jesus just tell me off? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Jesus wasn't like, you're wrong, here's why. He goes, let me tell you a story. And by the time they get to the end of the story, by, by the time we get to the end of this series in a couple weeks, we're going to be like, yeah, that was dope, Jesus. Right? And so look at the story that he tells them here. Three parts to this story, okay? Three scenes, if you will. And it's the scary loss, the nonstop pursuit, and the joyful celebration. Are you guys ready for this movie? Can we do this? Like Jesus style? Awesome. All right, let's look at the story again. He told them this parable, which simply means a story. What man of you, what man of you, do you guys talk like that still? Like in school, like, hey, what man of you would like to go to the pizza line, right? What man of you, I love that. <laughs> the Bible's so cool. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, those are babas, right? What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost. So the first scene that we have here, I need to get one of these. Can I preach on your scooter? Yeah, sure. Yeah? All right, maybe next time, next time. I gotta practice, right? First scene here is the scary loss. So here we go. Here's this guy, he's a shepherd, he has 100 sheep. 100, what? Yeah, rural style, right? He's on 100 with his sheep. And, so that means he's wealthy, right? He's got a lot going on. 100 sheep and he loses how many? He loses one. This is the scary loss, because the text says that he lost one. Now, you got to understand here, this is not like, oh, I lost my phone, right? You guys ever lose your phone? You ever lose your wallet? This is not the kind of loss where the shepherds were at fault. Guys, the shepherd, he misplaced the sheep. Oh, man, where did I put that sheep? It'd be kind of hard to lose a sheep. You know what I'm saying? He, it, lost here doesn't mean misplaced. Lost means that the sheep wandered off doing his own thing, and as a result, he is now lost. Uh, you know, why is the shepherd being so dramatic? Maybe the sheep doesn't want to be with the other 99, okay? Maybe the sheep wants to do him, right? Maybe the sheep is a nonconformist. I mean, like, that, that pen was keeping me back. Why be so judgmental? The sheep just... He, he's going to do his own sheep thing. The lost sheep life didn't choose him. He chose it. All right? What's the big deal? The sheep is lost. So what? Let him be free, bro. Girl. Why is it a big deal that the sheep is lost? You got to look at the text here. You got to understand. Because this word lost, it's actually the same word that's used for destruction. Lost is not simply like, oh, you, you lost your phone, this is like you're lost, like, like apocalyptic kind of style, right? Like you're like destined for destruction. The sheep, the reason why being lost is a problem. Guys, the reason why it's scary that the sheep is lost is because the sheep is a hazard to itself. The sheep is in danger. Its very life is at risk. You're like, dude, this is a lot of worrying for a sheep. Have you ever touched a sheep? Okay, they're soft, kind of, not really, actually. Sheep are, are rough, but have you ever, so how many of you guys have touched a sheep? Okay, you went to the petting zoo. I touched one with my foot. I don't, I don't do the whole, like, farm animal thing. We go to the fair, we go to the corn maze, and I look at them, and I just give them the look. You do you, I'm over here, we're cool, right? If this door opens, we got a problem. So I, you know, I just brisk it with my foot, get a little pet pet, right? But look, there's a difference between, like, petting a sheep 
and watching a sheep. And here's what you would see if you were to see a sheep wandering around, okay? <laughs> Can I just say it like this? Sheep are stupid. They are. Sheep, you know, anybody own sheep? You're going to own goats, okay. Kind of like goats, but not. They're sheep, right? And so a sheep is, stu sheep are stupid. Sheep, if they don't have a shepherd over here taking care of them, this is what sheep do. They wander away and they go, I'm thirsty. I wish there was water. Still sitting there. Looking up. They probably can't even look up too much because their necks aren't there, right? If the sheep is smart enough to decide to go look for water, it will start walking. It'll walk in a circle. It'll, it'll just do a big circle. It'll just wander. They don't have super sniffers. They're like, water, right? They're not, the sheep is totally helpless. No water. And then let's not even mention the wolves out there, right? Here's a sheep, and they go, and then a wolf comes, and they go, I better defend myself and fight to the death. Let's run away. <laughs> right? On their little legs. Have you seen how small their legs are? It's like this small. It's like this small. How do you run? Right? Like, like if you were a sheep and you're looking at a potential battle with a wolf, I think anything would be better than running right now. Right? The sheep are a hazard to themselves. Dude, let's go to the final risk here. Do you know what one of the sheep, if there's a sheep, is that right? Because uh, the plural and singular mess me up here. If there's a Shep, right? <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not right either. Kill you. Right? If there's a Shep wandering around in the field, do you know what one of the biggest dangers are? This is funny, but it's kind of not funny. It's kind of messed up. Cliffs. <laughs> Dude, no joke. You have a Shep, right? I'm going to say that enough times until it sounds right. You have a Shep, and he's wandering, and there's a cliff. What do you do? You just keep walking, right? And you go, that's interesting. The ground stops, right? And you keep going. And you go, whoa, there's no more ground. What do you do? You take a step. And that's when you learn that geometry was actually kind of important because 9.8 meters per second squared, that's gravity, right? Sheep die. If there's a wolf chasing a sheep and they're going, man, I really could be fighting, but I'm going to run on my tiny legs and there's a cliff, They'd walk off the cliff. So when you realize that the sheep is lost, you can understand why it's scary. Because sheep without a shepherd are in danger. Without a shepherd, they are lost. Not like, oh, they're lost. Dude, they're lost, right? Tell that to someone, right? It's all about the tone. Like, dude, you're lost. Like, you're, like, you're done. It's over. And so here's Jesus, he's telling this story. You gotta remember, don't, don't stay here in the story. You gotta zoom back out, remember what he's doing. He's here telling the story, and who's sitting around him? Sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, all of those kind of people, they're sitting around here, and Jesus gets to the point of the story, and they're probably laughing. <laughs> yeah, lost sheep, <laughs> yeah, cliffs, <laughs> wait a minute, who's he talking about? Who's Jesus talking about here? He's looking at people around him, the sinners and tax collectors, and he says, you are like lost sheep. Oh, excuse me, Jesus. <laughs> Imagine you go to church that day and you're like, hey, what did Pastor Sam talk about? He called us all lost sheep. 
That's nice. I don't think so, right? Imagine showing up that day and Jesus calls you. He says, you are like lost sheep. Friends, this is different than the message we hear. Listen to me, guys, because this is what people tell you. This is what people look at you and they go, hey, you know what? You know what? You're, you're just a little confused, kid. You're a little confused, Ethan, Jessica, Tyler. You're, just, you're a little confused, but hey, you know what? Just, you just, you got to be a good kid. Maybe you just need some good influences in your life. Go to church. Become more well-rounded. Lost? No, no, Sam is being dramatic. Lauren, all you really, like, you just, you need to become a better person. Mackenzie, you need seven steps on how to live your best life today. You know, that's what you need, Jacob. You just, you just need to, like, be better. Friends, that's what people are telling you today, right? Like, is that not the message? Is that not the message from your teachers or from, the, or, or, or from commercials or from movies? It's like, you know what, really, you're good. You just... Just need a little help. Just, if you get a little Jesus boost. But does that sound like what Jesus is saying here? Jesus says, you are like a lost sheep. Oh, that's cute. Wait a minute. No, it's not. It doesn't mean you're stupid necessarily, but it means that without a shepherd, you're lost. It means, friends, middle schoolers, high schoolers, it means that without a shepherd, your life is in danger. Spiritually speaking, if you stay lost, you will perish. You're lost. You have no clue where you're going. You don't know how to feed your soul. You will die. There are wolves. You are a lost sheep. And at this point, people are listening to Jesus, and they go, ouch, Jesus, like a lost sheep? I mean, you could have said I was like, I don't know, just like a little bit confused. A lost sheep? That's how you view me? But friends, here's what I want you to hear. This is important because this is why we do what we do. It's better to hear hard truth from people who love you than to be flattered with lies by people who don't, right? Jesus, that's so harsh. Hey, he's not being harsh. He's not being unloving. It would be unloving if somebody was lost and to not tell them. Friends, you're in the middle of the road. You're on the highway bouncing your basketball, right? There's a group of you guys playing hacky sack in the middle of 205 and 100 yards down there, uh, uh, Mack truck, right? And it's coming. What I tell you in that moment will determine how much I love you. You know what? They're just being dramatic. Oh, the Mack truck. Just you, you know what? You just, you're good, man. You're good. You're a good kid. Just, you can stay there. I mean, do I love you? Thanks for making me feel better, though, Sam. At least I'm not, like, in danger, and at least my heart rate doesn't rise. But you're staying in the middle of the highway. Hard truth from people who love you is better than flattering lies from people who don't. There's nothing loving about saying, just stay there. You're good. The truck is coming, but you know what? Who cares? <laughs> right? No, there's nothing loving about that. You say, dude, I love you, so move. I love you, so get out of there. You're lost. You're on the road to destruction. And I love you enough to tell you the hard truth. And friends, that's why all around this room, and you guys know it, we have youth staffers. Hannah, Lake, and Courtney's here. Lila, Jake, Stephen. All these people are here. Kira, they're here because they love you and because they are willing to tell you the hard truth. Just like Jesus did here. You're lost sheep. And without a shepherd, you're destined 
for destruction. But Jesus doesn't end his story there, right? Look at the second scene here. There's the lost sheep, but then there's the nonstop pursuit. Look what he says. What man of you, love it, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Second scene here is the nonstop pursuit. Think of the shepherd here, right? We've met the sheep, right? Or the shep. I've heard it both ways. By myself. You have the shep. He's lost. It's scary. He's lost. It's over. And then you have a shepherd here. And look what he says. I have 99. What's one more sheep? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I'm fortunate. I got 99. Close enough. That's an A+. I mean, they have enough wool on them anyway. Does he say that? Does the, sheep, does the shepherd look at the one sheep and go, you know what? I know you're lost, kid, but really, look how many people I have who aren't lost. I know you've wandered away from the family here. You've wandered out of the pen, but you're just one kid. I mean, I have 99. I'm doing good, real good. No, the shepherd, he looks at them and he goes, dude, these sheep are valuable. Every last one is valuable. And so he leaves the 99 in the open country. It's a safe place not next to the cliff. He leaves him in an open country and he goes and he's not doing like a quick, how many of you guys, like your parents tell you to go look for something and like there's a difference between the way you look and like the way you should look. You know what I'm saying? My mom will be like, hey, or my dad, he used to always do this. Hey, can you go into the garage, go into the fridge in the garage and see if we have uh, some, you know, ground beef, Garrett? And I go in there and I kind of just do like a once over. You know what I mean? Uh, I look, dad. He goes, now go look again. And I'm like, but I already looked. And he's like, you know what I mean? I'm like, fine, I'll look, look. And so I go in there and I move things around and lo and behold, it was like right behind the box in front. I'm like, all right, dad, I found it. But it was like dug all the way in there. I mean, like it was, you would have missed it too, right? It's just, there's a difference between giving it like a, a quick look over. The shepherd did not run here to the edge and just go, oh, never mind, guys, he's lost. No, no, he goes on a straight-up rescue mission. This is like James Bond. You're like, what are we rescuing, a diamond? No, a sheep. <laughs> straight-up rescue mission. And he comes, and he's looking for the lost one. And I can just imagine him calling him, right? Like, what's the sheep's name? Dave! Dave! Dude, there's something seriously wrong with naming your pets, like, adult names. For those of you who are of that, of that thing, not a good idea. And for those of you who have kid names that are actually more pet names, think twice before you get married, okay? Trust me, Fluffy is not a kid's name, <clears throat> no matter what Kanye West says or does, right? And so he's over here calling out for his sheep, Dave, 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 and he's looking everywhere. And he probably encounters some wolves, he's like, <laughs> he like opens up their mouths, Dave, he's looking for the lost sheep. How long does he look? How long? Hours. Hours? Okay. Years? Years? Say it again. 45 minutes? No. Until he finds it. Until he finds it. Dude, this shepherd is gung-ho. I just imagined him with like his staff, like a ninja turtle on the back of his neck, right? Water pouch, Dave's favorite snacks, and a shepherd's staff. And he's like, I'm going out there, and I am going to search for Dave until he finds him. This is a non-stop 
pursue. And so Jesus, remember, he had just called them. He just pointed to them. He goes, lost sheep. Aha. Nonstop rescue mission shepherd. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Jesus says, yes, you're lost. Yes, you're headed for destruction. But the reason why I came to earth, the point is because I'm a shepherd looking for the lost sheep. Friends, get this. Please get this. God is not giving you an invitation to a tea party. Here's an invitation. Think about it. Look at your schedule. And if you want to come be with me, then just RSVP by the date of your death. Right? And that's what a lot of us do. We feel like the call of God is an invitation and it's sitting on our fridge and it's like RSVP by the time you're 67. And you're like, all right, I got plenty of time to let God know what I'm doing. I'm going to live my own life. God's not simply giving you an invitation. God's also not begging you. He's not sitting here, please, oh, please, please, please choose me. Oh, please, please choose me. I just, I know you have so many great things going on, but please, if you could just accept me into your heart and choose me. Oh, please, please, Matt. Oh, please, please choose me. And we go, man, God is desperate for me. So I got a lot of options here. God, let me see what else is out there. But please, keep begging, right? Oh, please, please choose me. God's also, he's not like the, your, that, that, that prom date. You know what I mean? He's not like the, the, the desperate prom person who's like breaking out the signs. He's like, will you go to prom with me? And you're like, you're hanging from a highway bridge, dude. Right? Seniors, if that's you, we'll talk, okay? There are good ways and not good ways to ask ladies to prom. Jumping off of a highway and hanging there with a sign, not thought through. But I know you guys have seen those, right? He's not sitting here begging and giving a little invitation for consideration. He's not giving you a business card. Hey, call me if you need me. If there's anything you need, bro, just, I'm right here. Just pick up the phone. Dude, God is like a shepherd who is nonstop pursuing you. He says you're lost. Without a shepherd, you'll be lost. You are headed for destruction. But God is pursuing you, friends. Do you realize that when Jesus came to earth, it was with you in mind? He came to earth because God was on a rescue mission. And he said, I want Brennan to stop being lost and to come into my family. And so he sent Jesus to earth and he lived a perfect life. He died a death that he didn't deserve so that you and I can come and stand before God. And instead of seeing our sins, he sees Jesus. Jesus laid down his life for you. That's the shepherd here. He came out here, and he didn't just simply go, oh, you're lost. Let's go back. Like, like imagine he came and said, hey, only one of us can make it back here. I'll take your place and go to the wolves. That's what Jesus did. And friends, I want you to hear me today, because God is still pursuing you personally, individually. Jesus came to earth, yes, but now he's still pursuing you. And here we go, spoiler alert, let's jump ahead to the end of your life. You will never be satisfied until you just surrender to the pursuit. Imagine you're Dave and you're wandering and you're like, I'm lost. And he's like, hey, I found you, let's go. No, no, right? I like it here. He's like, hey, come back. 
You will never be satisfied until you respond to the pursuit. Hey, you know what? All I need is to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and then I'll just like, oh, yeah, I feel good, right? That's all I need. All I really need is to just get good grades and have people like me, and then I'll be happy. All I really need is to have people that like me, and I have cool clothes, and so now I have status, and yeah, that's all I really need. And then what I really, I mean, what I really need is to like get into the college of my dreams. And then, dude, if I can just get into the college of my dreams, oh, no, what I really need, no, 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 what I really need is money. If I can make a lot of money, then I'll feel good. No, what you really need is to surrender to Jesus who is pursuing you because he's not going to let go. He's not going to stop pursuing you either until you surrender or until it's too late and you die. But friends, Jesus is the shepherd who is engaged in this non Stop pursuit. For those of you who have become a Christian, for those of you who have responded to God's pursuit, do you remember what it was like? Think about this. Think about this. Go with me here. Journey with me. Remember how, and this is the best analogy I can think of. It's like you were driving down the highway at 60 miles per hour, right? Probably 90 because you're running. And like the cop car's behind you, right? Pull over. And you're like, no. And God, he did the most annoying thing ever. He kept pursuing. Doesn't God get the memo? I like doing this better. I rather do this with my boyfriend and girlfriend. I rather look at this. I rather drink this. I, I just, I rather do me. And this God deity is still pursuing me. How, like, not politically correct, right? Whoop, pull over, and he's chasing you, and he's chasing you. And for those of you who have, who have surrendered, you remember the moment. Remember there, maybe you were in your bedroom. I know where I was, right? I was at a, at a winter camp, and I, I just went up to the front, and I was, all, I was the kid who was always looking at what people were doing, right? Not so I can be like them, but I wanted to know what they thought of me, right? Any of you in here like me? Where you're, you're like, I'm about to raise my hands, and you go, wait, who's watching? Dude, that kid, he kind of doesn't like me. Not today. Give, I'll give God like the nod, the God nod. Yeah, what he said. Pour out our prayer. Yeah, that one. Pour it, right? And I, and I just, oh, I'm not going to do that. And I remember, right, where, the, where, the, where the, the preacher, I went to retreat, he's given a call, and he's like, hey, like, if you feel God pursuing you, surrender. And I wanted to go surrender, but I was like, dude, there's people here. My little sister's here, and she knows that I'm a phony if I do that, and so I can't do that. And just, and I was so concerned with what other people thought, and finally I said, you know what? Who cares? You guys know what it's like, right? When you finally come to a point and you go, Who cares? They're not me. They're not going to stand between me and God. And so I finally surrendered. I remember I came down to the front. And I remember I got on my knees and I was crying. And I remember I told the Lord, I said, God, I don't think I said the words, I surrender. But I remember saying, like, I, I, I want to go all in. I want to follow you. Just me and you, I don't care. And I kept saying that, me and you. Like, I don't, I don't care what other people think. It's between me and you. I, I want to follow you. And I just, basically what I was doing, if you could see my heart, I was just going, all right, you win. Jesus is pursuing you. He's the nonstop pursuer. And friends, until you respond to his pursuit of you, you're going to continue to feel the grind. You're going to continue to feel the, something's missing, something's not right. Look at the last scene of our story here. We have the scary loss. We have the nonstop pursuit. And now, look at the conclusion. We have the joyful 
celebration. Check out the last couple of verses. When he has found Dave, it's not in the text, but you know where I'm going. When he's found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. He finds Dave, and the fact that he found the lost sheep is such good news. He picks it up, lays it on his shoulder. Dude, this shepherd must be like buff, right? He's like, doo doo, bah, one arm, and he's skipping all the way home, right? He's rejoicing. He's ecstatic. He gets home, and he says, you know what? I can't just celebrate with myself. He says, I need to call a party. Now, here's what this tells me about the shepherd. How much did this shepherd love the sheep? You know what I'm doing if I find Dave? I'm grabbing him by the curls, right? And I'm dragging the sheep all the way home, right? You'll get that tonight. And you're dragging him home, and you throw him in the pen, and you kick him, and you go, stupid Dave, right? And then you go inside, and all night, you're sitting there eating your steak, right? You're like, I want lamb chops tonight, but you don't have it. So you're eating your steak. You're eating your steak standing up at the bar table, right? And you're cutting, and you're like, Dave, I wasted how many hours? And all the time, you're imagining you're eating pork chop, right? Lamb chop. Lamb chop. In the Middle East, sheep were very different, (laughs) very different. They were pork sheep, right? And so, this is not scientifically correct. Moving on. And so he sits there. Or no, he doesn't sit there and get angry. What does he do? He rejoices. He picks up the sheep, and instead of thinking about all the hours and all the sweat and all the energy, the shepherd, the only thing he can think about is he who was lost is now found. And he goes home, and he throws a party. He goes, listen, Brennan was lost, and I found him. This is a cause for celebration. Stephen was lost, and he's now found. Haley, she was lost and wandering, but she's now surrendered, and I've brought her home. Jesus, he's looking around, and he looks at them, and he goes, lost sheep? Uh Uh-huh. Shepherd? Uh Uh-huh. Party? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Right? And he goes, that's what happens in heaven every time someone surrenders to Jesus. Guys, There's certain things that are worth celebrating and they're not. And whatever you, and however you determine what's worth celebrating tells me something about you. I grew up in a household that every birthday was celebrated, right? Whether it was a big party or just a cake, we celebrated every birthday. Who's like that? All right? Okay, cool. There's other families, and this is just different, where they go, dude, after you're 10, like, all right, woohoo, I'll get you a card. <laughs> you know what I mean? How many of you guys have families like that? Birthdays are not that big of a deal. Okay. The, what, what you celebrate tells me what's important to you. What do you think is important enough for God and his holy angels to take out the fine china and to party? What do you think is important enough for God and his holy angels to call people over and to put on the dance music? Or what is important enough to the heart of God that he is going to stop all work Call it a holiday and party to the break of dawn. Party like it's 99 BC, because he was there. What is it like? It says it right here that when a sheep, when a lost sheep is found, when a student who was wandering away from God 
not living according to the design of the creator. When they finally come to their senses and they go, all right, Jesus, enough is enough, fine. I'm going to turn from the way I was going and I will now follow you home. Friends, when someone comes to Jesus, we celebrate in heaven and on earth. And that's why, dude, I'm glad Tyler's here. Because in a few weeks, we're going to be leading Easter on, on a Sunday. Who's going to be here on Easter? Guys, you got to be here. Bring your families. Be here on Easter because we're celebrating. There's like 10 of you guys celebra- uh, uh, celebrating by baptism, through baptism. And so some of your friends are going to be getting baptized. Do you want to be here? Support them. When people get baptized, how many of you have been here for baptism at LifePoint? We don't do the golf clap. Somebody's like, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When, if I'm the one dunking you, I actually do it in a Spanish accent. I think that's my Nacho Libre um, influence there. I'm like, do you want to live for Jesus? And they're like, yes, I want to live for Jesus. I mean, yes, I want to live for Jesus. I'm like, and I baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I dunk them. And everybody in the church goes, <laughs> 10, right? No, people, have you guys not been to a baptism at Life Point? People literally go out of their minds. And so I always love it when there's like a first-time guest at Life Point and we're doing baptisms because they're like, oh, cool, that person's getting in the water. Why are they taking a bath in the middle of the church service, right? <laughs> and so they get in, and then everybody around is like, ah, yeah! And so they're like, And then they're just like, why are they so weird here? It's because what you celebrate tells you what you value. And when a lost sheep is found, we celebrate. We party. And so that's what we're going to do on Easter. If you are here, friends, and you want to get baptized, come and talk to me. Talk to Courtney, any youth leader, because we want to celebrate with you, right? We want to celebrate with you. Because this is the point of why Jesus came. Here are the two voices. Go back to the beginning. There's two voices, and the Pharisees are looking, and they say, oh, sinners shouldn't come to Jesus. But everything that Jesus says, he looks at them, and he says, actually, Jesus seeks to find the lost. Here's the point. Why are you guys here tonight? Why did Jesus come? Why why are any of us here? Because Jesus came, he seeks to save the lost. Jesus seeks to save the lost. Some of you guys used to be lost. He seeks to save you, and you're here now. That's why you're here. Others of you guys, you haven't responded in that way. And you guys know my message to you. Jesus is seeking you. He's pursuing you to save you from being lost. And so here's how I want us to respond. The band is going to come up. And the two responses that I want us to, to consider, as the music is playing, Guys, when we respond, this is what we do. You, you guys do whatever you need to do. You can move out to the front. You can stand, sit against the wall. You can move and talk to a leader. Do whatever you need to do to not go home today and go, I completely ignored that message. Jesus just spoke a word to us through the word. And the ball's in your court, right? The question is, what are you going to do about it? You just heard a message from the Bible tonight. What are you going to do about it? What's your response? And I think there's two responses that I want you to consider. The first one are for those of you in this room who you're still running. Some of you are still running. Jesus is pursuing you. You're not going to be at peace. You're not going to feel satisfied. You're still going to feel like something is missing until you surrender, until you stop running from the one who is pursuing your soul. But then there's others of you in here 
And here's how I want you to respond. I want you to ask yourself this question. What voice do I use when sinners come around me? Remember the two voices. What does my face look like? What does my voice look like? What's the tone? What's my body language? When people who have obvious sins, when people who don't, who don't have it together spiritually, when they come near to Jesus, when they come near to his family, when they come to citizens, do I sound like the voice of Jesus where they are drawn nearing to me? Or do I sound like a Pharisee because I'm going, oh, who are these people that are coming to Jesus? How do you respond? And so stand to your feet with me tonight. As, they play some, as the band plays some music, I want you to ask yourself those questions, whichever one applies to you. And don't leave tonight. Don't leave tonight without responding to this message. Father, thank you so much for your word, God. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for Jesus, Lord, who has pursued us. Lord, I pray that whatever words came out tonight, God, that were, that were not for these people, I pray that they would fall to the ground and be forgotten. But Lord, whatever you're speaking to our students, I pray, God, that you would pursue them. I pray that those words would ring in their minds. I pray, Father, that they would become aware of the fact that you're pursuing them and want them because you love them. You created them, God. Lord, we love you and we thank you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's respond.